You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey, Mitch! Tonight on Hey Mitch, I have comic book creator Scott Wilson. The comic book in question is The Flock. It is now on Kickstarter, and uh, it is a very, very cool-looking comic book. I'm so glad that you came on. Thank you, Scott, for coming on. Well, thank you. I appreciate um, inviting me on and being on the show. I love love to talk about this. This is one of my favorite projects I've ever worked on, so I'm really excited to talk about it. I mean, one of the things that says right there on your Kickstarter is that it's a Golden Age-inspired comic book uh, in the modern age. Now, why why go with the Golden Age? Because the storytelling wasn't taken seriously back then. It was just a the the part that I love the most about like that era of comics is everyone didn't have a cap on what they could do. Everything was just you know whatever you wanted it to be. And characters can be whatever you want it to be. Like creating the Superman character is just like an idea is like a guy that can do anything. <laughs> so it's like there's no, you know, prevention of you able to do, um, you know, writing storytelling. And I just love that idea of being able to um, tell a story without having to either get political or get, you know, any type of um, outside factors to get influence your comic. I just want to tell a story that's fun, adventurous. And, you know, that's, that's where I get from golden age. Today's comics is not my cup of tea, but it's everyone's, you know, version. Everyone likes what they like, but I just like the golden age. Cause it was just a unique era. And plus, it, you know, a lot of the comics from back then is just, they don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what were some of your favorite Golden Age stories or, or characters? Um, well, I really liked um, Detective Comics a lot. Um, I have a lot of... Um, I read them online because I don't really can ha- can't really get much of them in hand. But mm-hmm. uh, there's that. And then uh, a lot of the DC products I liked a lot. At, um, like uh, Let's see. Wonder Woman was pretty cool. Um, you know... I like I like Superman, Batman, kind of like the main ones, um, but I also liked uh, the Spirit. That was an, uh, one of my big influences on the comic itself um, by Will Eisner, fantastic artist, and he has a really good. I love his storytelling. So yeah, yeah one those of, are probably like my top. Yeah, one of our uh, podcasters here, uh, Chris Franey, he's he is a huge fan of the of the spirit and Will Eisner. So I'm I'm sure oh, yeah. that he is ex- super excited about the flock. If uh, you you're <laughs> naming that as one of your influencers in that, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, I mean, obviously, uh, from the, the the first issue, which is available if you go through your Kickstarter to read uh, on the on the website, um, I, I, I did notice that we aren't talking about a larger than life godlike character like Superman from back in the Golden Age, but more of a yeah. Batman or a Boo Beetle kind of character, right? Yeah, definitely. And the character, um, well, I created when I created the story and got everything rolling. Um, I was looking at it for, of course, the book is all ages, and I was trying to convey it that it was all ages. Um, you get the first glimpse in the first issue that it's definitely for all ages. Um, there's a maple syrup heist in the first issue. It's, <laughs> you know, come on, how, how, how much more all ages can you be? But, um, you know, I wanted it, someone told me it has a Batman 66 feel, and I didn't realize that going in, but that is definitely the tone that I'm trying to go into and how I want to storytell because it's very fun and it's just like lighthearted and um, it's so there's some moments that are taken seriously, but it's just a, a fun read. I don't want it to be mind blowing like some <laughs> of these other writers these days, you know, so. Well, tell me about the characters in the flock. Why, why, why the flock? Why birds? Well, so uh, a lot of people don't realize, but um, the I the company I work for, uh, publishing company, is called SP Comics, and SP stand for um, my brother Sean and my um, brother's best friend and my best friend Paul. They made a comic called Canada Bear that takes place in the '90s. And the short version of that is basically it's a grizzly bear superhero. And he has a cape and he runs around and helps the city. I love that. Very goofy. <laughs> it's super goofy. Um, it's like a 90s cartoon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles feel to it. So I helped them at conventions. And I got to the point where, like, I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to make my own story, my own book. And in... Um, about 2019, I decided to just do my own thing. So I set the flock back in the fifties, same city, same, you know, universe as Canada bear, but it's kind of like a prequel Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, I have such a gap because Canada bear takes place in the nineties. I'm in the fifties. I can't cross over anything. Can't ruin any, um, canon issues or anything like that. So I'm pretty happy with where it is. And um, when I created the characters and why I picked Canada, that's the main reason why. And then I went with Gooseman. Is the main reason I went with Gooseman is because they've done everything. They've done every type of superhero <laughs> since you know Batman. Like you know, I was like, I don't want to be doorknob man. I just want to be something interesting. And then it hit me because I was at this park. I was writing down ideas, and this huge flock of geese just came storming at me and I was freaking out because I was like, I was going to get attacked, but I guess I was near their nest or something. And I'm like, all right, I'll just do it. I'll just call it the goose man. And then I'll go from there. <laughs> I mean, that is a very Batman like origin right there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's gotta be, um, I, I, and plus I was thinking of Canadian, like Canadian themes just cause it's, takes place in Canada. I didn't want to like copy and stuff. So um, when I created it, I did Gooseman. And Gooseman sounds cool because you can now, now the other character I have is called the Gosling, which is kind of like his his ward, his um, the main character's nephew. So it's like, it fits. 
it's a, a duo. It fits the goose man and the gosling. It just fits. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it works. It works. It works well. Yeah, it's uh, simple. I it, want it to be simple because so, it's everyone can read it. My uh, my target audience is you know all ages and. It's and the main reason I created it in the first place is because I wanted a story that my nephew could read, and he can read it. And he's been reading it at the same time that I'm creating it, so <laughs> it's fun, fun time. And and then you know, with uh, Canada Bear being set in the '90s, and they, he, you can totally have him be like, "Hey, my influence was Goose Man." Like you get that yeah. advantage if you wanted to, mm-hmm. since it's in the it's in the same canon. Uh, how long? I mean, how long have you been writing comic books? Um, well, I've been writing short, like, doodles, short ideas. I have a notebook that I lost when I was moving, but hopefully I can find it in one of these boxes. I, it was a funny story is I moved right at the um, second day of my Kickstarter. You know, I will never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Bad timing. But, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I just wrote different stories, different ideas, like either one word, sent- one word, or not one word, um, just sentences of ideas and mm-hmm. just have like a list. Um, 2019 is when I started taking it seriously. And then when I created the flock, um, you, know, you know, characters and developed the story and then started contacting artists. Um, I want to say at least since 2019 is when I took it real seriously. 2018, it was like kind of like just sketches and stuff and ideas. Um, but I always wanted to make a comic. I just never um, had the time because I was always busy with work. And then I decided, you know, I'm going to make time and then just, you know, set time aside and started doing it. And it was probably the best decision to me because I like like creating stories. Um, I like, you know, making weird things. You know, I don't know. I'm just really good at brainstorming. That's for sure. I have like (laughs) this notebook. It's like there's so many different ideas in it. It's just insane. So what was that process like in trying to, in finding a, in contacting and finding an artist? Ooh, so I went through three artists till I got Gino. Gino Casmianto is the artist I have now. I went through an artist that started on the project. Um, the way I, I got people was um, to work on it is I reached out through Facebook groups, Twitter, um, till I finally got someone that wanted to work on it. And then they worked on it for about a week, and then they went MIA. Then I got a second person before Gino, and that person worked on it for probably six months, just um, nothing officially completed, just like coming up. Uh, he has a script, but he's just coming up with ideas and writing, drawing characters and whatnot. And then um, he ended up getting a contract with another project, I was paying him a lot more money than I was. <laughs> so I was like, no, it's indie. You know, you do what you got to do. You know, you got to survive. You got to put money money on the um, food on the table or whatever. So there was no problem there. And then I got Gino, and Gino turned out to be a fantastic artist. Um, he's the one that's done all the books um, up to this point, and he's really great to work with. He's from, uh, he's from Indonesia, so big time difference so we have to like really coordinate when we message each other but uh yeah i am very happy with gino the thing is though the how i got gino was through the facebook groups but it was people that reached out to me like a person referenced him and that 
and that went from there and it goes on like that's how his, his like whole art portfolio was created basically on word of mouth like after he finished this project this person recommended it to someone else and then it went all the way up to me so it's really cool he had a great long history um doing books in the indie scene so were you looking for a certain type of artist uh since you're doing a uh action adventure crime fighting uh comic book yes so when i spoke with gino the first time um i told him i wanted to do you know like a like I said, Golden Age, Silver Age type of uh, feel to, of the book. And he was kind of really happy because he was tired of drawing um, a manga style. He wanted to start doing more Western comic feel. And what he uses for references is, is old pages from you know the 60s and, and 70s. And he uses that for when he... Um, creates like poses and everything and he wanted to get into western comics in that type of you know uh page pages instead of like the manga style so i was really excited to to give him that opportunity because he just blew it away like the quickest person to um turn around a page it was it was very fast (laughs) (laughs) Did you did you like just give him a, a page of your writing and say here uh, let me see what it, what you see in this or did you give a a, a lot yeah. of description of what the characters look like and what everything looked like panels well, and stuff like I that? I think when we first started it was more or less I had the like say I had like the first six pages and those were all written and, and scripted and every ready to go and then I had a um, kind of like a um, a side column on the script that had each character when they get introduced into the book, what they look like, kind of like um, how you, how did I describe like, you know, what they are wearing. Um, also kind of letting him know it's 1950s. So there's no technology like today. There's mm-hmm. no cell phones. The phones look like this, you know, um, radios look like this, you know, cars and everything. Um, and he was able to get references pretty quick. I just had to tell him what era and he just like, he was very professional. So, <laughs> but yeah, he was able to get those out and, it, and I loved it right away. Um, maybe some tweaks here and there on the, like the character designs, but wasn't that didn't take very long. Um, Gino a very good artist. So when you're creating the characters and especially a, a superhero costume, like how did yeah. you come down on your decision on how, how your costume superhero is going to look? So my colorist, um, I mentioned earlier, Paul, uh, he's my colorist for um, the flock, but he, he's one of the creators of Canada Bear. And he kind of like helped me with the design because I didn't want it to look t- like a Batman or a privateer, um, a rocketeer, I mean, because both of those are very influenced on, on the actual book itself. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of like the middle ground because we got the jetpack. We got the goggles and then the utility belt. And then we just kind of grabbed a little bit from everyone. And I just wanted it to be a basic suit. I didn't want it to be extravagant. I didn't want it to be, you know, out of the ordinary. Um, I just wanted it to look like a guy who's got just, you know, a jetpack and going around fighting crime. I didn't <laughs> want it to look like we had all this technology and, and you know, weapons of... Um, different uh, stuff on his utility belt. I wanted it to be super simple. 
to make it look like a guy's just going around saving a city. <laughs> so in your first issue, you have uh, Gooseman, Goslin, and uh, a third crime fighter that comes in to help that's a part of the flock. Uh, describe that character and how you came up with him. So I wanted a, he was like one of my favorite characters to create because I just wanted a a muscular guy named Jackie Oaks who just burly, you know, lumberjack, tough man, guy to be kind of a uh, goose man's muscle, kind of like his, if he's in a bind, he's going to call up his buddy to help him out. And that character was actually inspired from the show Letterkenny. And I, I, I don't know if anyone's ever watched it. I highly recommend it. Um, it's on, I believe it's on Hulu. It is on Hulu um, now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that character, his, he's, um, that show inspired him. And he's a distant relative of Paul Bunyan. So I play on that as his character backstory. And he's just funny because he just doesn't care. <laughs> you know, he goes in and fights with the Goose Man, but he doesn't put a suit on because he's like, he's the toughest guy in town. No one's, no one's going to beat him up. He's going to stop you know? It's like he's the toughest guy in town. <laughs> so but that's his mentality. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I love their um, creating him because – I just he's the one character that doesn't have any persona. It's just Jackie Oaks. Mm-hmm. Like Oaks lumber, lumber. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so when when you are in your process, do you sit down and write out an outline and your character descriptions before you write the story? Or do you write the story and then fill in the character stuff uh, as you go? I have the characters in mind before I write the story, like uh, an outline of like how I'll do it is I'll have each character after they've been created. Then I'll have like a mini outline for each character on like what I want their character development and what I want them to happen throughout the series. Um, Like different goals I have for each character. Um, If I can fit it into each book or, um, I might, you know, tweak some things here and there based on the story that I'm creating. Um, but yeah, that's, I usually have that before I create the actual story story. And then that makes it so much easier when I'm like, how I'm approaching the character instead of like trying to figure out, okay, well, what will Jackie do in this situation? Okay, well, I have these different ideas of what I want him to do. I'll just form it to the story and see, see what happens. Um, but yeah, that's my, uh, um, version of character creation. I like having the outline of the characters before I make the actual story. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I, I think that's the way I do it too. What, have you found yourself writing in, uh, have you found that you've written yourself into any corners yet? Um, well, I do have, the only thing I'm having trouble with um, writing wise is, well, right now I have three books Um that are on the Kickstarter. Uh, fourth book is inked and complete. And then the last, like I'm doing it three books at a time. And the whole I'm getting into is after six, um, like five and six is going to be a two-parter, but I'm trying to figure out what to do after that because a lot of the things that up to this point is just, you know, you know, different characters that are being introduced. I don't, I had to figure out what kind of direction I wanted to go. Do I want it to be more broad with a bunch of characters or do I want to just keep it to the same, you know, how like, you know, the goose man, his villains and, you know, 
the same three people or create, you know, create a huge universe, get a bunch of different characters, bring them into the flock um, series. Um, I think that's the part where I have to make the decision on. I I know what I want to do, but I just want to make sure it's the right, right choice. <laughs> just because I don't want it to be, um, uh, you know, I would love it to be like a huge, like a lot of characters and a lot of different, you know, ideas coming in um, to the series, but I want it to be like a simple path. <laughs> I don't want it to be too, too out of, you know, crazy. That's fair. I, I understand yeah. that. I mean, I don't uh, want to overwhelm my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in the Kickstarter, it says that you have plans for spinoff books and, and sequels and stuff like that. So uh, obviously the world is very sprawling uh, that you're you're trying yeah. to create here. Um, like how much of that is 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 down on paper somewhere already or is it all just still living in your head? Uh, it's some of it's on paper. Um, if I find that notebook, <laughs> um, but, uh, a lot of it's in my head. I know the direction I want to do on different, um, like outlines. Um, I have probably like a, I want to say at least a hundred, um, outline ideas for, um, the next, uh, two books after four, um, that I want to do. Um, but it's, it's all like, I I'm changing because I'm like, okay, I want to, this looks like it'd be a much cooler event to happen later because if I have it now, it's too soon type of deal. Like that's how it's going through my head. I don't want to do too much too soon. I want it to, you know, expand it, you know, like how uh, a manga or anime does it where they have filler episodes. Like mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want to have it all at once. Cause it's like, what? I, that's it. <laughs> How, no. diffi- how difficult is that when you're you're writing something that's serialized like that to come to an end for this issue and be like, this is where this ha- story has to end or, you know, oh. the story has to pause at this point? Well, I think um, I always try to get the ending done first. Okay. And then I work my way backwards because I think it gets harder and harder, especially when if you don't have your ending done first and you don't work backwards in some way, you're just going to keep going and going and going. Then you're going to, at the end of the day, you're going to have to, okay, I'm going to have to re- delete this. I'm going to, this is, this is 24 pages is the book um, size. And this is like, you know, 35. <laughs> <laughs> I got to cut it down a bit on the panels or I'm going to start looking like Alan Moore and have nine panels. On <laughs> you know? So um, I always try to do the, the ending first. <laughs> Makes it a lot easier, to, yeah. In my personal opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how long how long have you been enjoying comic books in general? Ooh, since uh, I first read um, comic book in two thousand three, um, it was a Spider Man. Um, crap, which one is it? Was a, it was a Spider Man comic and a Superboy comic, and they were just ones that my brother got. Um, at a store and he just threw them and he's like, I don't want to care about these. And I just read them and it was fantastic. And then I went from there. Um, I think once I started read, I, I, that's when I first read comics. When I first got really into comics was probably when I started reading um, Batman and uh, um, older works from, you know, early 2000s and then 90s, Nightfall and all those. Probably when I really got into comics see uh 
Nightfall is the introduction of my favorite character, Azrael. Like I know no nice. one likes Azrael, but did you, uh, did you like that? Um, I forget what he did. Didn't they do like a timeline thing recently? I haven't um, bought Batman comic in a long time. Where they go back in that time era where Azrael is still alive. Oh, uh, I I know that in Detective Comics, and it's been a while since I've bought some uh, Batman comics (laughs) as well, Uh, but in Detective Comics, they brought him in as a young character again and made him part of the the group. Uh, So after after Rebirth, you know, he essentially came back to life. Oh, because I I remember, I don't know what it was, but I read this a couple, I think it was a year ago, where they brought back his character, but it was they were going back in that timeline if he won, I guess. Oh, that was in the, yeah, that's in their, um, uh, what's their dark multiverse storyline. Yeah. 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 That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I read that and I was just like, wow, that's, that totally fits. (laughs) We could totally read that. And if you love that character, it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was a good one. Uh, I mean, do you have, a character like that, that, that is maybe not the norm for most people. Uh, that's, that's your favorite mm. stick out. Well, I mean, I the spirit know. is, like, is, is already one that most people spirit, don't know. Yeah. I would say spirit is definitely, um, just cause, uh, yeah, it has to be the spirit. I, everything else I like, everyone knows, like, come on, everyone knows, uh, Batman, Aquaman, uh, <laughs> Wolverine, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would say spirit, definitely spirit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So, uh, well, how did it feel creating your comic book? I, I like, I know that you said you've done doodles before and stuff like that, but like this was putting pa- pen to paper and you knew that you yeah. were going to start up a, a project that you were going to try and make into a thing. Like how did, as a longtime comic book fan, how did that feel? I felt honestly the, the the most chilling part was when you open up the box from the um, printing, and you actually have the book in your hand. Because I first started out before I did Kickstarter or any crowdfunding, I was selling in local comic book shops in the Cleveland, Ohio area, from where I'm from. And getting that book and holding it in your hand is like the best feeling because it's like I made this. My name is on the cover, <laughs> you know? So it's very exciting. That's probably like my favorite moment, I think, when I first got issue one printed, was like, it's mine. <laughs> it's it's best feeling ever. Anyone who's getting into comics, after you work so hard, you're working nights, you're eating ramen noodles cause you, to survive because you're trying to pay your artists and get things rolling, and then you get your colors on board. And then, you know, anyone who's creating comics, I it's the best feeling when you get your book, like the official book in, from print. It is, I don't think any, your first book, I should say, after you do a couple, it should, that kind of, you know, tampers down a little bit, but that excitement of getting that first book is nothing. I can't compare it to anything. <laughs> it is fantastic. I mean, so obviously right now, uh, conventions aren't a thing. Uh, we are in the middle of a yeah. pandemic. But once they are safe to go to again, do you do you plan on on taking your 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 project there, your your baby, so to speak? Yeah, definitely. And like um, we have um, the publishing that we go I go through SPE Comics. 
we have two titles. Um, we're working on other titles at the moment. Um, you know, we, me and my brother write so differently. He writes a lot of sci-fi. I write a lot of hero and um, action and fun and adventure. So we have a bunch of different ideas what we want to do. Um, but yeah, if we could do tables or going to conventions or even going to comic book shops and doing signings, that would be like a thing I would love to, for it to come back, um, especially local or even if we had a travel. We live in Ohio, so um, if we had a travel, probably be in neighboring states. Um, but yeah, I can't wait for conventions to come back. Those are so fun. Just being <laughs> meeting different people and talking with people and you know, getting them to um, buy your book, of course. you got to become that salesman. Yep. <laughs> got to put yourself so, over. Definitely. And t- saying the same thing over and over. <laughs> um, and telling the story of, of the characters. Because every person, you got to pitch it to them. Like you're pitching it to, like, on a show or on online stream. So, yeah, I would love to do that again. Um, that was just fun. We did uh, Wizard World, um, I think, 20... I think it was 2017 in Cleveland, and that was just a fun, fun convention. Um, we saw a lot of really cool people. A lot of um, that was a lot of cosplaying that, at that convention. Um, that's been like a whole takeover of those conventions is the cosplay oh, um, yeah. tournaments and, and stuff like that. So, or competitions, I should say. So, did yeah. you? Did you take it? Ahead, did you? No, it's okay. Did you take that into account when you were creating your characters of, of someone cosplaying your your character and how that would look? Yeah, yeah. Um, I it looks very simple. <laughs> I want to cosplay as Jack Yokes pretty easily. Yeah. Just go right in. Go into any um, you know, any like uh, you know, workout store or workout place, and you see guys with like you know. <laughs> Or lumber mill, whatever you want to go, <laughs> find find a guy pretty quick. Um, and then Gosling, Gosling's uh, whole suit is made out of materials from the um, character Edward's bedroom. So it's like his cape is his, is his uh, pillowcase. So it's like you know, really simple um, materials. And then the only thing I think would be pretty cool is seeing someone with a jetpack. That would be pretty sick in the goggles. <laughs> the goggles are pretty sick too. And that would just be, I, I didn't really have that in mind when people of uh, cosplay, but I know people are probably going to do it. So <laughs> this is such a simple suit. So I can't I wait know. to that, for that to happen for you. Um, when you were, you were getting started, did you, did you do advanced like uh, research or did you go talk to anybody that had already been through this process? Uh, like how much um, of that did you do? If any, I did, what I did is I researched based on I was viewing what other products were doing, um, seeing what was uh, selling, what was going well on Kickstarter, Indiegogo, whatever campaigns were going at the time, um, the comics as a whole at, at the moment um, in mainstream. And uh, I wanted to be very different from mainstream, wanted to do my own thing, indie, so that I wanted the story to be you know, not, you know, higher power telling me what to do type of deal. Um, and then after I had the book in stores, 
I someone kind of convinced me, hey, you should start trying looking doing like a Kickstarter to get in color, and then that's kind of when I started doing a little bit more deep dive. I really spoke to different creators. Um, this would be Nicholas Mueller from he did uh, Demon Hunter Raven, um, Tyler Carpenter from Draw and Talk, and then um, Larry Higgins from Niobe um, uh, Origins. So it's like. Kind of got some feedback from all of them. Also, um, Tyler does the draw and talk like videos. It tells you how to make a comic book. Very great new tools for everyone who wants to start making a comic. Um, to even just Google it or type in YouTube how to make a comic. <laughs> Very simple <laughs> um, tools to use. You know, use your your um, internet tools that you can hand and find out the information. It's very quick. It, it's a I, it's not very hard. <laughs> what was the what was the best piece of advice you feel you got? Um, if just keep going, like push forward, even if you're gonna have a lot of setbacks, especially in indie scene, you're gonna have a lot of setbacks. Like my biggest problem I had um, was uh, trying to get the artist, and before I got Gino, I had a lot of setbacks, like a lot of you know artists going MIA. I was trying to reach out to them for a month. So I was not doing anything for a month. Then I got another artist and they worked on it for a couple months and then they never really finished anything and they never really did anything and they left for a contract or something. So pushing forward and if you believe in your, your project, just keep going. Like that was probably the best advice. I got that from um, a panel, the Image Comics panel, um, twenty their 20-year anniversary. It was um, 2011, I believe. And it was on their YouTube channel. And I watched that. And I think it was Todd McFarlane was basically the one who's like, just, just keep doing it. You know, the drive is what's, what you need. You know, you're going to get it done eventually. Um, just don't, don't, don't think small little hiccups are going to stop you. If you really want it, just keep going, <laughs> you know. And that really resonated with me. Um, especially in the beginning parts of creation. That was just such a hiccup on my end. So you're already being a part of SB Comics in, in, in a way. Um, were there any surprises that came up uh, while, while doing this, while creating the flock and, and, and creating the Kickstarter? Um, well, I, the only biggest surprises was it wasn't it wasn't as hard as people think it could be um if you it wasn't really that hard as in you know a lot of people think oh my god there's so much to do if you have yourself organized and you have your artists lined up and you have everything ready to go you know it it's not that hard <laughs> <laughs> you know like it can be for some but if you have, you know, experience working on a team and um, keeping everything organized, it shouldn't have any um, hiccups or any problems. I think the only problem I think I faced on the um, printing was the second prints of the issue two um, were cut off on one of the last three pages. But I don't understand how they were because they were perfect on the um on the uh, proofs and then I had, a t but the problem was they were already printed. And so now I have, a, it's a slight error on the 
printing, but that's the first print of issue two, so it's kind of rare it won't happen again. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So what 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 is that process like in, in, in doing in getting the printing done? Like how, how did you go about uh getting that? So I reached out to two places. Um uh Mixum is the actual own company that I went through for printing. Um, they have a good system where you can actually see the proofs online um, and have it all ready to go before, and they're able to talk with you. And then the other one, I did Comics World Springs. I We have Canada Bears printed through them. I uh, went through and did some research, and I found it. Um, for what I'm selling the comic from um, the flock, Mixum was a better deal, so I just went with them. Um, just really research. Don't. Don't just like pick one place. Like uh, what's a lot of businesses do this where like say they need to repair something, they get three quotes, minimum of three quotes. Do that. Go to three places and uh, see what um, the best deal is, but also what the best quality is. Um, you don't want to be too low and you don't want to be too high. You want to be right where your budget is. Um, so I always recommend to finding more than one place. You don't want to um, pigeonhole yourself to being crap. Now I got to charge, you know, $10 or, or not $10, like $15 for my comic because I spent way too much on the printing. And that's where an indie, you want people to buy your comic. You don't want to be too high in price. Right. Right. Especially because you're indie. Yeah. <laughs> you want your book to be read by more than one person. <laughs> <laughs> when you're sitting down to write, what, what do you need uh, from the room, from your surroundings, do you need a do you need white noise on? Do you need it to be completely silent? Do you need uh, candles burning? Um, ooh, candles burning. Um, no candles. I need my headphones to be, um, you know, completely charged, and I just listen to Hans Zimmer soundtracks, and then I'm in the zone, and then I just go. I don't. I, I can't be distracted, so I usually do it in um, at my desk. And yeah, I have no white noise. It's just blasting Interstellar, um, Dark Knight, uh, Inception, like all the classic Hans Zimmer movie <laughs> soundtracks blasting in my head, like I'm in the actual movie theater. Um, but yeah, th- that's probably how I focus, and a cup of coffee. Um, if I'm writing at night, I'll still drink a cup of coffee. I'm weird. I'll drink a cup of coffee and go right to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't phase me. <laughs> is uh, it, So Hans Zimmer soundtracks, does that mean you're a big movie person as well? Yeah, I love, I love his... I'm really big into orchestra music in general. And I think a lot of his pieces that he creates for these movies is just spectacular. <laughs> like the sound is just incredible. Um, favorite soundtrack from him is Interstellar, just because the use use of a um, piano organ from a church is just like why would people use that for a space sci fi movie? It's just like incredible, <laughs> like that's such creative thinking. Um, but yeah, he's he's one of my faves. <laughs> did you, when you were creating your characters did you have any particular stars in mind like if you were ever to Ooh. get it adapted hmm. 
Well, the main character, when I was trying to give references for Gino, um, for Huck Bennett, the main character of, of uh, The Flock, um, I used uh, characters from Letterkenny, and the Wayne from Letterkenny uh, is played by the actor um, Jared Kiso, and I kind of used that as the reference for Huck. And, you know, going from there, and then uh, I think he's the only one. That, for the kid, it could be any kid that's like 13, I guess. <laughs> probably gonna be like a, it's probably going to be like a 20-year-old playing a 13-year-old. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to look into that, especially now because I'm creating new characters and, you know, adding to this block, uh, per se, in later um, series. So I had to really figure that out because that probably helps the best when you're creating characters, find out who would play them in a movie. <laughs> or voice them. I think the voicing too, um, even if um, it like became like a um, cartoon or like an animated movie or something, um, having that voice is another thing too. Like that animated series, um, uh, Batman voice is so you know, iconic. Everyone knows that voice. I mean, Batman. When, yeah, when I'm reading a Batman comic, I hear Kevin Conroy's voice in my head. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> is. Is that is that who you hear? Do you hear Kevin Conroy oh, when definitely. Gooseman is oh, talking? Yeah. <laughs> no, not when Gooseman, when Batman's talking. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when you're not creating and you have a free moment, in which we all know it's probably not a lot, what is it that you love to geek out about? What what's what's your thing? My thing is um, baking. I oh. love to make bread. I, I I don't know why. I really got into it um, last year with the pandemic. Um, you know, I started making bread at home, and it just turned into like a a weekly thing. Wednesdays is my get up early and start making bread, <laughs> <laughs> and then I have sandwich bread for the week you know like i i just love doing it it's it's fun um it's different it's not like what i do on the norm so it's really out of my comfort zone and you know a lot have had a lot of loaves that come out looking like crap <laughs> but <laughs> it's it's a learning experience for sure so is that is that, is that all self-taught is it video tutorials is it a cookbook uh, I, it's all cookbooks yes but it's all video tutorial on youtube there's this guy on there. Um, he he was a uh, professional bake or bakery professional chef, whatever from um, north of e- North England, and he his voice sounds like uh, Winnie the Pooh, and his name is John Kirkwood, but his voice is just it sounds like Winnie the Pooh is teaching you how to make bread, and it's such like. I can't stop watching it. I watched all his <laughs> videos just because I couldn't stop watching it. I highly recommend it to anyone who's trying to make bread because he he's got great tips. Um, you know, I I probably have watched his videos thousands of times, and his recipes are really simple too. Like barely any ingredients. Like yeah, this is all you need. You don't need all that extra crap. <laughs> so what what is the easiest thing that you've baked so far? Um, probably in my artisan bread, it's super simple. It's, it's a, it's basically a no need bread. A lot of people have recipes out there for them. Um, it just takes either bread flour or, um, 
all-purpose flour and yeast and water and you're basically done um you can salt in there if you wanted but it's super easy it's just mixing it together letting it sit and then do a couple turns let it sit and then throw it in the oven you're done. <laughs> so, like, much it's probably the easiest thing um anyone can do at home it's it's not that hard to make if you want to make really want to make bread and you want to do it at home and you, you're in a pinch and you need bread or something like I was last year, <laughs> you know, and it's so crispy. So it's super, super nice. So is that, is, is that also your favorite thing to make or if you, have you had, if you made something mm-hmm. that is your favorite thing? I think when I attempted to make a beef Wellington once, that was probably the insane experience. Uh, Cause it just, it was like a four hour thing of trying to make this um, beef wellington that I watched a video from Gordon Ramsay (laughs) (laughs) online. So it's like uh, trying to figure out how to do this. Um, That was probably the, and it came out great, but it was like, "Eh." (laughs) I probably could have done it so much better. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, that was probably the most insane, um, you know, curation I've done in the kitchen was a beef wellington. And that's just, I'll I'll do it again, but it was expensive. <laughs> <laughs> do you have your next thing that you're going to uh, attempt uh, or or try? Um, I think for right now, I just want to keep it basic. Um, I just want to make you know a loaf. I make usually a loaf a week, or I try to do a um, you know a loaf every couple of weeks, but. I think once it starts to get warmer out, because right now it's it's still relatively cold here, um, so I'll probably start to do experiment a little bit more because my kitchen itself is pretty cold, and trying to get it to be warm um, without like ruining the bread when you're creating it, mm-hmm. it's really hard to do. Um, I can't keep it at a level temperature because the heat. Um, at this place goes up and down, up and down, up and down. So, um, but yeah, through the summertime, I'm going to do some crazy things, <laughs> Definitely <laughs> crazy things. you know, things I've never done before. So will you, I don't will know you, yet, but I will. <laughs> will you be incorporating that into the comic book in some way? Does Gooseman also I, bake? That's, that's the thing. I think I might have hugged you. Um, well, he, he lives above a diner, so maybe he create gets a becomes a baker you never know <laughs> <laughs> i mean geese and bread it, it goes together <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely what's what's the piece of advice that you would give someone that's also going trying to go in this this direction with uh creating a comic book hmm. if it's different than uh, the, the piece of advice that you got it can be it doesn't have yeah. to be um well, I would say uh, the advice of, like I said earlier, what I, the advice I got was like the drive, just keep going forward. Don't, you know, don't give up. Um, you know, don't, I thought main device would just don't center yourself or compare yourself to others. You know, don't try to think, um, oh, this person's barely doing anything. They're, they're you know, you know, everyone gets their goal a different way. Everyone has a different path. Um, don't try to compare yourself. It's probably the best advice I would give someone right now. 
Um, just keep pushing forward. If you believe in yourself, you'll be all right. Don't don't try to compare to other people's um, what way they get to the end goal. You know, so just keep going forward. <laughs> <laughs> and how much how much have you felt social media has helped you with uh, promoting the comic? Incredibly different. Like I I previously did an Indiegogo last year without any marketing experience and then um it didn't go very well so um i was told to do kickstarter so i kind of kind of did like a marketing like road to the kickstarter in february starting from november and i think it was nicholas Mueller that track he keeps telling me to be more aggressive on twitter and facebook and all the social media instagram and everything um it's very hard when you have a day job to post all the time. Mm-hmm. That's probably like the hardest part in indie because um, everyone has a day job. No one, if you don't have a day job in, in, in indie comics, then you are lucky. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Especially. Um, but I would say, uh, yeah, it, it, Twitter and Facebook, uh, there's so many groups on Facebook. Twitter, you can reach a lot of people, um, especially one retweet from someone can help any campaign, any person creating comics, especially uh, someone who's in mainstream or working with, you know, works with a lot of people in indie comics as well. Um, But yeah, Twitter is a great tool to have and it's free. Talk about free marketing. (laughs) Come on, you know, posting it on Facebook groups takes like copy and paste, copy and paste, you know, same message. If you want to do the same message all the time or change it up every once in a while, you know, it's super easy to uh, to do. You, you can't pass up free marketing. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you had the opportunity, and it, and it could be anybody, who who's someone you'd love to collaborate with in the comic book world? Um, I think just because I've been working with him, um, not like books wise, but just talking with him, Nicholas Mueller, um, mainly because just he just. He's giving me so much advice, but the more I get to know him, the more I want to work with him type of deal. And, um, you know, we both have the same philosophy on life, both like the same stuff. And um, I just would love to work with him on something in the future. If it's something that not related to both of what we're working on currently, maybe our own thing, I would love to do that. Um, do something with him because we probably come up with something really interesting for sure. <laughs> All right. It's come to that point in the comic or in the podcast where I ask you if you could have one completely useless superpower, what would that useless superpower be? And it has to be useless. Like the one I like to give out an example is that at an instant I can grow my hair exactly one inch and only one inch. Hmm. The the ability to create yeast, but the yeast doesn't work. <laughs> Just because I'm a baker, so <laughs> it's like I have all this yeast, but none of it's good. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't use it. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Uh, that's perfect. <laughs> Uh, okay, where can people find the flock and in, 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 on the Kickstarter and on social media, and also you if you'd like to give out your social media? 
Yeah, so um, if you are on Facebook um, and Twitter, if uh, Facebook page and the Twitter are, handles are exactly the same, it's uh, at the Flock Comic, um, and you can message me on either or on the po- on the Facebook or Twitter. I'll respond relatively quickly. It all goes to my phone, um, especially if anyone has questions based on fulfillment or shipping in Gemini mailers. It's all on the campaign. Um, feel free to reach out to me if any questions for shipping. Um, you can get the Kickstarter. If you uh, search in Kickstarter and search in the flock, um, hashtag one through three, um, it'll be like the first thing that pops up. Um, pretty quick um, to find. I think we're right now, we're at 27 backers and we have 17 days ago and we're at about maybe, I think, about, I think that's, we're at 835. My goal is 2000. Um, so we're almost halfway there. And yeah, if you want to check it out, I really appreciate it. Um, we have a lot of cool perks um, on the campaign. Um, and a lot of stuff is still available. So we really hope to uh, get some people to check it out and see if they um, would like to be coming back or. Yes, everybody go and check it out. Uh, just, we have a goal of $2,000. We can make it. You can make it. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for coming on the show uh, and, and talking about your, your project and also your process. Like That's that's the thing yeah. that I find the most fascinating, how everybody uh, creates. So thank yeah. you. I seem to be I, – I ramble a lot, but I think that might be because I've been up since like <laughs> six today. So <laughs> – you have had a very long day, so I very much appreciate you coming on the show. Oh yeah. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, my Twitter is at Mitchipedia G E M G E M stands for Geek Elite Media. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geekelitemedia.com. Uh, whatever podcatcher you use, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. Can I please get you to uh, sign out with me? All you have to do is say geek out after I say always remember to. Yes. Okay. But <laughs> until next time, this is Hey Mitch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. 